We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And for the fifth weekend in a row, we're entering the biggest weekend of the Lakers season, but also the last one. What a crazy regular season. In uh, At some point during the offseason, we'll have our therapy sessions to process the wild ride that it's been. But I want to start with uh, some of the comments that LeBron has made post-game recently in re- with respect to this idea of a lot of the questions are, you know, where are the Lakers in the standings? This is the big drama in the NBA right now. The Western Conference standings are wild, got a bunch of teams very close to each other, and that's pretty much been the story all season long, but it's really coming to a conclusion over the course of this weekend. And so naturally, a lot of the questions that they get asked are kind of of this ilk about where you fall in the standings and what you're looking to do. And LeBron has routinely brought it back to, and this is how this has to be where his and his team's mindset is deep. Of as much of as it's about standings and things like that, it's about playing your best basketball going into the playoffs and resolving as many of the issues that you can with your team before you get there in the limited time that we have. And so that's been music to my ears to hear him say that because people don't realize the degree that a team is this living organism, right? Made up of all of these players that how they interact with each other is not stagnant. It's based on how you play, how much you play. There was a great hot mic moment in the um, Utah game going into halftime. Last play, Lakers run a ball screen. They had sub-Malik Beasley in, 13 seconds left in the second quarter. We're up by 11 on a run hopefully trying to put a punctuation mark on it. And we run a ball, a LeBron AD ball screen, throw a skip pass to Dennis Schroeder in the corner, who is wide open, but he misses it. And as they're coming off the floor, LeBron is fuming and he's yelling at Malik Beasley. And he says, well, you're supposed to be on the side that AD rolls to every time, meaning that that's supposed to be you in Dennis Schroeder's spot on that particular yeah. play. And that to me is indicative. It's one of... 
really thousands of things that a team has to worry about and work on as they go into the playoffs. And so as much as we're going to be focused on the standings, the Lakers need to finish strong and play their best basketball going into this uh, into the play-in or playoffs. Speaking my language, I got the text evidence to prove it. Yes, sir. It's control what you can control, be the best version of yourself, and let the chips fall is sort of where I am. You're never going to be able to control all these teams that want to back into a seating, that want to play their 18th and 19th players on their roster, essentially, and give them all the touches in the world in order to try to lose a basketball game because they prefer to be in the sixth seed versus the fifth seed or Mm -hmm. even the seventh seed to avoid the fifth seed and they don't care because they'll host a play in like all of that stuff is galaxy brain shit to me the thing that is most important to me as someone who has a vested interest in whether or not the lakers are a successful basketball team is play your best win as many games as possible and let the other teams be the teams flailing around or trying to reach their peak as the Lakers are are sort of revving to the right RPMs at the right time of the season. And I have my concerns about the level of like locked in this and the Pete mentioned this at the top, top of the pod, like the fifth straight weekend of the most important games of the Lakers season. At some point that starts to wear on you mentally. Um, and, and you can't keep that up forever. And the playoffs, I think will offer like not a reprieve, but a reset of that idea because everyone will be living there. But along the same, same lines, it's just like, if you know, you take a, like a three day vacation, from work, like you've been going hard, 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 hard. And you're like, man, I need a vacation. But you take three days instead of taking six days or Mm -hmm. two weeks off. And you feel refreshed after those three days. You're like, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm feeling good. And Uh then like two days later, you're like, I need a vacation again because you didn't get enough of of a reprieve. And and I have a concern about that with the Lakers that they've been pushing so hard for so long that the play-in or the playoffs, whichever venture, whichever path that they go go down, will offer them spirit. But then once they settle back in, it's it's a different thing again. That is, they're like, oh, we're back here again, and mentally you have to carry it. Um, but that said, I want them at their best, Mike. And these other teams can do whatever they're they're going to do. I want the Lakers to control what they can control, and that's their own effort, that's their own level of play, and that's their own seeking out of solutions that Pete was talking about. Yeah, two things. On the on the one hand, I think that because what the hap- what happened at the trade deadline and the new energy injected into the team and this essentially new team, I don't worry as much about them, you know, hitting that type of a mental wall by having to push this hard yeah, because it's still like, you know, so there was the first train was going on one track and and that was incredibly difficult to climb out of for many reasons and they only climbed out so much, but since they got on the different train, Meh. it's still it's still going in that one direction. Meh. So I do think that that one can I think that that can mitigate some of what those like did they start pushing too hard to an extent. Uh, I worry more about just basically the LeBron and AD staying on the court together type thing um, than the team lacking some sort of mental energy. But 
The second part of it, and this is more to what you guys were just discussing, which is essentially the Lakers mindset and in, in how they how they can and should be approaching this type of a stretch. I have to separate myself a little bit because in my job title is Lakers reporter. And therefore, I've been obsessively trying to figure out all these different permutations and, and who could play whom if it, and, and it's super complicated. Is, is that what's on your neck? Right now, Mike, is that why is you've been going through so many playoff scenarios that you need, you know, assistance, a, a heating pad, well, if you will? I always have a heating pad on uh, in this chair because it just generally I have a bad back, as you know, and it just generally uh, makes me looser and feel better. But yes, it, it is on right now. But that's not different from any time we ever record when I'm up in this. Uh, right. And Maybe you know I just that. I just noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. So I'm not stressed about this. I, I'm saying so my. My outlook, if I were not, if it were not my job to inform, you know, the broadcast and like Billy Mack and Stu and everybody of what, what could happen if this, because if a fan wants to know, we have to have the exact correct answer, right? Yes. During like, so that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. And, mm -hmm. and that can change if in any different permutation of a Warriors loss or a Pelicans loss or a Wolves win or a Suns with all of these different things can change, change it. But my like so separate that my job, my own outlook on it is more like, don't worry about it. Like you can't mm -hmm. you can't you can't control what you can control. Worry about how that's you're right. playing. And this is basically right. the way that Darius has been talking. I that's my personality. I don't you guys can can screw around with all that. I'm going to you tell me where to show up and we're going to play. And how are the Lakers playing right now? Are they playing take aside the most ridiculous rest disadvantage in recent NBA history? I think they're being, playing better than the Clippers overall. Um, I think that they're playing better than the Pelicans. I think they're playing better than the Wolves, as we just saw in Minnesota. And so, whichever one of those teams that they that they face, and by the way, uh, it uh, they still could technically get uh, to the six and therefore face Sacramento. I just think that's unlikely based on Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I was wrong last time I thought about that, how they might play this, and it looks like they're just going to sit everybody. Uh, so... But that's that's my larger point is that I agree with the way you guys are framing it. Like worry about yourself. And this is what Darvin has been saying all year. And go ahead and whichever team that you end up facing in whatever situation, that is what it is. It was the best that we could do under the circumstances. And this team record wise has been paying off the debt that it accrued at the very beginning of the season with a lot of just different guys, different lineups. Right. Along with the obvious roster turnover even within that you have a we had a bunch of guys and we talked about this going into the season who were around a similar talent level which is why they were available for the salaries that they were available for and sifting through figuring out who works well with who like you could do the maximum amount of preparation going into a season there's still going to be a certain degree of figuring that out especially when you're talking a lot of vet minimum guys who are going to have a lot of holes in their game, right? And so figuring out what the lineups were and all of that, we accrued a lot of debt in terms of wins and losses in a two and 10 start. But not only just since the all-star break or the trade deadline, but just since the two and 10 start, that's when Dennis and TB came back. We forget that they had the thumb injuries to start out, right? Like the team's been well above this record level for a very long time. But we got a debt to pay off. And that said, though, D, I am so excited to see what LeBron and AD do with this opportunity, because 100%. this is a very like the stage is yours, gentlemen. Like do your thing. You you've got the ingredients around you. You're healthy. And I put that in, you know, quote, quote yep. fingers. But like this is about the best that it's that we could have asked for at the beginning of the season. 
I had a piece that ran earlier this week at Silver Screen and Roll, sort of just in appreciation of Anthony Davis because AD has yeah. been on a heater. He did not have as great a statistical game um, the last game against the Clippers that, that the Lakers lost. But before that, he'd been just killing teams over and over and over again. And I had a line in there where I said, you know, like, AD is that dude, as if we needed a reminder. And then I said, well, actually, maybe people did need a reminder because the level of injuries and in and out of the lineup, just nature that LeBron and, and AD especially, but LeBron too, that they've dealt with. The major caveat that you'll hear anyone talk about when it comes to, to the Lakers is, well, I don't trust their health. I don't trust mm -hmm. that they'll be healthy. And Mike, if that's your biggest gripe about the Lakers, then the rest of the league is in trouble because the whole idea of like, well, I don't trust that they'll stay healthy. Well, what happens if they do? This right. isn't like winning the lottery. There's not a one in a hundred million chance <laughs> that you're going to strike gold on this and that like they need six weeks of good health potentially if they're going to make a real run at something. Is that probable? I don't know. Is it impossible? It sure as hell is not impossible that that's going to happen. And, mm -hmm. and so for me, in Pete's setup here, that idea of like, I'm excited to see what LeBron James and Anthony Davis can do, so am I. Because when LeBron James has been healthy this year, he's looked like a top 10 player in the league mm -hmm. at age 38 in his 20th NBA season. And when Anthony Davis has looked healthy this year, he's looked like a top five player like, oh, my God, this dude is unreal just because of his like size and two way impact where it's mm -hmm. just like this dude looks like the best defensive player on any given sequence. And then an offensive player that you really don't have any solutions for as a team. Like the only solution is let's the hard doubles. double team yep. him every single time to make sure that you limit shots. And I'm sorry, that's not a viable strategy over the course of, of a playoff series is let's just double team this guy every time he touches the ball. You can't do that. So I'm excited too. Playoff series to me is the key phrase there because this is, if you get LeBron and AD in a circumstance where you have to beat them four times, that's very, very difficult to do if their teammates are like at least at replacement level, which they are now, like mm -hmm. at least at what guys who you don't have to take off the floor. And that is a puzzle that not a lot of teams have had an answer for, including Phoenix the year after they won the title up until the point where Anthony Davis wasn't playing. They, a lot of this is because, so LeBron, this is where, you know, we go back and forth with a LeBron AD and LeBron was still the better overall player in the bubble. I thought AD, I think has now gotten to a point uh, where, where he has like on a night to night basis, but in a playoff series, LeBron and plus the coaching staff, Eventually, sometimes it's game one. Oftentimes, it's not till game two or game three. But you sort of figured all figured out all of the stuff that is not optimal, and you've stopped playing guys that can be exploited. And you're just all right. Here's our best group. Here's your best group. And that's the yeah. spot where it's very, very difficult with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like that's the spot where the talent ultimately does get to a point where oh, you guys, you want to keep doubling? Okay, great. Just continued open threes for Russell or Reeves. Or maybe Hachimura ends up playing more in that series than Vanderbilt. Like, whatever. They're, all of those things, eventually, I think, in these, these potential matchups that the Lakers could face, um, I could make, I think, a very strong argument.
But the reason, again, why I've been obsessing some about these circumstances in the plan and all this is because they're in a one game situation oh, where yeah. anything ha- can happen. And and just it's not that you don't want a group that does have this much talent and opportunity uh, because of what those, those two guys mean. Um, you don't want them to have to not get the chance to be in a full series. And now to counter my own point, if I were any of these other teams about to play the Lakers in a playing game, I would be saying sort of the opposite thing. Well, it's only one game. They've got LeBron and AD. You know, that's we're screwed in a sense. And not that mm. any team is thinking that way, but that's the like the opposite. I think if you're not from a Lakers standpoint, you're looking at LeBron only has to do this once to get into a series. That's a scary thought, too. It's just that you know, you're coming at, or I might be coming at it more from a risk adverse standpoint, and that's sure. why the six is is so appealing. This is a white knuckle event if we're in the playing game. Absolutely, right? Anything can happen. We, you know, one of the famous moments that weren't so great in Lakers history was in '86 when Ralph Sampson hit the buzzer beater. You know, hit the back of the rim, went straight up, and then I think he was coop underneath the basket, just like hand on his head. We were supposed to have a date with the Celtics that year, right? The volleyball set jumper. Yeah, Sampson. Sampson was like like seven four. If you don't know who he is. Oh, no. It's just like you want to see Ralph Sampson. Go watch some Wimbenyama highlights. And then. Yes, absolutely. One of I love that. Yeah, that's my comp for for Wemby. It's like, oh, this dude got some Ralph Sampson to him. Right. With some handles, of course. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Like 2023 version. where It's just like, oh, I grew up watching guards. But but yeah, Sampson was one of those dudes and another player whose injuries and body just, you know, it's hard to be. Seven foot yeah. four and that nimble and that graceful and and eighty two like games that. is a long season. Like a lot oh, of what Mike was just is. saying is uh, yeah, along those lines too. Yeah, but but please, Pete, I derailed you with another random eighties player comp that that Mike may need to to jump in with and explain that Ralph Sampson went to Virginia and was a great big man and was a Twin Towers player next to Akeem Olajuwon with the Houston Rockets. Anyways, absolutely no that that was I you know that was one of those games where we, you know we thought we had it. I think was that when it was a three game series or had they moved to five games at that point. No. Oh, I can't even remember. I think it was first five round, still, but... First rounds used to be three games, then they bumped it up to five, and now everything's seven. But basically, the the very long-winded point I was making is that when you put yourself in single elimination, or we're going very likely, unless we lose both of our games this weekend, uh, going to be in the 7-8 game, like two shots to win one game. So it's almost like you're up 3-2 in a seven-game series is how you enter a play-in. But it's absolutely a white-knuckle event, and I wanted 6-2, Mike. I just also know that we we lost so many dumb games this season that if the bo- basketball gods said, we're going to put you in the play-in, but you're going to have been one game away from a secure playoff spot, just as a reminder to not blow as many dumb games next year, I, I would say, you know, that's fair. So I'm with you, but this is where we've been living. Like Darius said, this is where we've been. So let's take a break, come back, talk a little about the games this weekend. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So with respect to LeBron and AD, AD is the guy that they don't really have a solution for. And I'm talking the the full complement of the Suns. And then with LeBron, it's been the LeBron at the five lineups over the last few years that have really worked against Phoenix when they've kicked our butts at just about everything else, right? And so I want to start with that, D, that idea of the Anthony Davis. They've put Aiton on him, and Aiton has done well in stretches. We will see if he can guard the dragon version of Anthony Davis that you were talking about. But talk to me about this matchup. Well, I'm interested to see who Phoenix plays. So one of the... One of the things that came up in our sort of offline dialogue is Phoenix is another team that's chasing continuity, right? I think that they've mm-hmm. they've won all six games in which Kevin Durant has played, and that's only six games. And he got traded for at the same time that D'Angelo Russell got traded for with the Lakers, right? And so mm-hmm. they should have a good 18 games together as a group or something like that and they don't and so they played on thursday night mike and kevin durant played 40 minutes against the nuggets and the rest of their core four players in terms of booker and chris paul and ayton were all in the 30s and so um like Pete, in terms of the matchup, if everyone's healthy, yeah, like I'm looking at AD and Aiton. I'm also looking at like, uh, okay, who do the Lakers have enough bodies to throw at Kevin Durant? They kind of do, but then that's Kevin Durant. And so there Mm -hmm. can never be enough bodies to throw at Kevin Durant because he's just sort of his own dragon slayer in his own way. Let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. I was texting you guys at halftime and said, all right, well, KD played 20 minutes in the first half. Maybe this is where they just pack it in. And nope, he played 20 more minutes in the second half. Everybody played a full rotation. It To me, that was more of their simulated playoff rotation minutes because why else would KD play 40 instead of like 33? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is what our playoff rotation-ish is going to be. And take the, take the significance of the Lakers, all that out of it. I don't know how Phoenix and Monty Williams, everybody would then play Durant and Chris Paul in a meaningless game at all. On, on the second out of a back-to-back at this point of the season, because almost everybody in the league that is shutting it down, Denver shut it down against them. It looks like the Kings are going to shut it down. Memphis base, you know, came close to shutting it down with certain of their guys. So I, I would be very surprised if Phoenix plays their regulars tonight. For what it's worth, Monty Williams after the game last night said that they could play in the first half. So 
take that as you will. I think that Darius's point about the establishment of continuity and going up against a Lakers team that really needs to win this game, that's not true of a lot of the wins that they've had in those six games. And so playing a Lakers team, even just in the first half, like getting that playoff intensity, there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, playing your guys on the second night of a back-to-back, even if you have your seed clinch. And that just kind of goes to the heart of the conversation for me, Mike, is, is that like idea of standings manipulation versus playing your best basketball. Yeah, well, let me let me throw it back to Darius then. But I, that, I'm glad you sprinkled that in about what William said, and I guess that makes some sense. Um, I'm I typically do have that more aggressive mindset of trying to play guys, and hey, this is what the job is. Like, let's go out there and do it. That's how Kobe always used to do it, and it seemed to work fine. Um, but Darius, f- please finish any thought that you have before I cut you off. No, no, no. I because this is all the context where it's just like, and why I've been so so much talking about like control what you can control as the Lakers as a group because I have no idea what Monty Williams is going to do like he could say whatever he wants to say Ty Lue said last week I'm not going to double Anthony Davis right and then he doubled him every every time he caught the ball he didn't even defend him with Zubats it's like of course coaches aren't going to give away their game plan right but I'm just saying it's it's comical to take what any team says at face value and it's even harder to predict what they're going to do, especially at this time of the year where it's not just shenanigans. It's just like what the the conversations that are had internally about what is actually best for us. And we don't care what anyone else thinks. And that's like, I think the Spurs were the ones that sort of started that oh, yeah. idea of like, we actually don't care what anyone else says about us, we think this this is the right way. And so it's just like, everyone sits, we'll fly you home. So you're not even at the game, we'll just fly you home. So in terms of the matchup, Pete, like I'm, I'm interested in seeing who plays, do they play their guys at, at all? The last time the Lakers played the Suns, they didn't defend Chris Paul basically at all. And they mm-hmm. sent all of their weaponry defensively at Devin Booker. And so, but KD didn't play in that game. And so exactly. they got to put Vanderbilt on Booker and then, and Aiton didn't play. So they got to basically have AD be a roamer. LeBron didn't play either. And so it was like, okay, these were not skeleton crew teams, but not the versions that we're going to see in this game. And so we haven't seen what it's like to have to guard Devin Booker on one side of the court and Kevin right. Durant on the other and Vanderbilt can't guard both. Right. Right. And so that, that means, so who do you put on Booker? You're not going to like, who does Vando guard? Basically. Do you, do you put LeBron on KD? I don't think you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, there's all of this stuff that is out there that I'm not sure about. Like the thing that I go back to though is all right, well, is Russell playing? Great. Is LeBron playing? Great. Is AD playing? Great. Is Austin playing? Great. You got those core four players in the lineup, then I'm much more worried about what did the Lakers do offensively and then deploying those guys defensively in ways where you think that they can manage. And Mm -hmm. that's where AD is so important to me, Mike, because he is the guy that needs to be the anchor on both sides of the floor. 
He needs to be able to get you 25 to 30 points efficiently, and he needs to be the guy that takes away the way that Anthony Davis can takes away some of those mid-range jumper opportunities with the sunscreen and roll action while still not letting Aiton just feast at the basket off of lobs and dump off passes. And AD is that two-in-one place sort of defensive player, but he needs to be at his peak peak to do that. And the Suns are probably the biggest challenge in terms of that that he's going to find in the entire league. And just one thing to chime in with before uh, getting to you, Mike, like the the bench units around LeBron, to me, that's the weakest part, the part of the game that we have figured out the least. Uh, for me, I, it's like Beasley is the what's standing out the most, but it's certainly not the only part of that. But that's the thing that in terms of like what we need to fix that isn't even really Phoenix specific, but our biggest uh, issue right now, I think, is that. Well, Pete, so let's let me just take it back to you then. What is the what is the bench unit? idea that you've been thinking about well let's workshop this like who are the guys over the course of this season that you've thought if you were to put them either in a lebron group or an ad group who would be the guys on the team that you darius would put in the plays better with lebron and only lebron than with ad oh man this is a good question so so like Rui, for example i think Rui is a lebron guy right me as well i like dennis as well me too he was gonna be the other guy that i brought up Mm mm-hmm so um, I actually like Vanderbilt a fair amount with LeBron mm-hmm. um, just because I think LeBron's natural position is like the other forward. Yes. Right. And so if AD is in the game, AD is center. And mm-hmm. if Vanderbilt's the only other guy in the game, mm-hmm. then he has to play power forward. But LeBron can always be the power forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I like him to be like, oh, I can take the bigger, bulkier dude, and you can de- be deployed onto the rangier, mm-hmm. the rangier player if they're playing small. Um, so I like Vanderbilt as well. So those would be my three, like, I'd love to see a Rui, Vando, LeBron, small ball lineup exactly. against That's, a Suns group. Mm-hmm. But, and guess, and guess what? Guess what you can do then in these <laughs> games where the minutes are going to be more optimized? You can have either Russell or Reeves as the other one. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that, that I, I think that there's actually, I, Mike, I think there's a good argument to be made that you should have two of that core four on the group, on the floor at any given time. Right. And it's been D'Lo with, with that group. It could absolutely also be Austin. It's a question of, would you rather have it be D'Lo in AD or Austin in AD? I think Austin and AD have a more developed chemistry together than D'Lo and, and, and AD do. But yeah, that, that type of group you're talking about D, if we want to talk LeBron at the five groups, which I think are likelier as we get into these playoff or play-in scenarios. That to me is you're LeBron at the five, but you're not small in the front court at all with Vanderbilt and, and Rui, right? There's some some cool stuff that we could do, but I, and then have, you know, skill guards in the backcourt. I, I think there's something there. And this is where we get back to my LeBron and AD centric type of thing in a, in a game where there's a, who are the guys off the bench that you definitely want to give X amount of minutes to? And I think that we saw the first answer, at least from Darvin Ham's perspective, in the Minnesota game, which we talked about, and it's Schroeder and Itachimura. And then I'm, I think Troy Brown has been good uh, this year, mm-hmm. better than a lot of people, I think, thought coming into the season. And, and yet there are certain, circum- certain matchups or certain circumstances where just because of the spot that he plays, if you can have LeBron out on the floor more then you know, you don't necessarily, if you have Reeves and Russell, 
Mm-hmm. And then Schroeder, like it becomes to me more of a choice between Brown and Schroeder. And do you want ball pressure? Right. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the, what, who does the other team have in the backcourt? Um, and if you don't need that type of, of attack dog on defense, you know, and you want to be a little bigger with a little bit better shooting and spacing, then mm-hmm. maybe that's more of a Brown series, you know, but it's not like those minutes can be limited. And I would yeah. say the same thing for like Gabriel versus Bamba. Like could, they could come in for a limited role in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then we've all, you know, we've talked about Beasley before, you know, I, I think they're going to give him a shot with a lot of these groups, but as things get more serious and more important, whether in a game or in a series, there's just, there are just so many mistakes um, and, and certain things that happen there that I don't know that the, the three point threat in the spacing ends up benefiting you more than just playing more of Russell and Reeves. Agreed. And I'm curious to see that if we, uh, if especially if Beasley is not a part of that, if we end up trying to switch more with those type of bench groups, then I think that there's a certain philosophy. We're actually going to learn a lot about Darwin's philosophy, I think, because the system that he runs, like, look, we've been top ranked in defense since this new group has come in. And overall on the season, we've been pretty good, I, I, I think. Uh and it helps carry you through 82, but we're getting to more of that team-specific, matchup-specific type of place. And as you scale down the rotations, you do see a lot more switching in the playoffs. And so to that decision of Dennis versus Troy, like Dennis is great if you want to pressure the ball and force a guy into a ball screen when you're running a drop coverage. He's probably a bit of a weakness if you're trying to switch. And so I think this is going to be just something to look out for, D. Uh uh, coming up is this bench unit with LeBron, and do we look to switch more? Do we look to go smaller uh, as we, I think, scale down the rotation? Yeah, I actually don't think we're going to switch very much at all. To tell you the truth, I think yeah. it'll be like late game or single possession Probably options. So. Like we're mm-hmm. switching everything because of X, right? Like I actually think that there are too many entry points to be a switching team. Like with some of the core guys, like. I love Austin. I love how he competes defensively, but mm-hmm. teams are going to be like, okay, well, we're going to get Kevin Durant on Austin Reeves or we're going, right? Like they're going to try to target D'Angelo Russell. They're going to, right? And, and so as you build out these, these lineups, you're going to want AD in the paint. You're going to want him protecting and you're going to want him in the middle of the frame defensively. And LeBron can do some of that too as a second side guy. So when the ball switches and he gets put in the ball screen, he can do that too, Pete. I get, so that's why I'm focusing on that uh, non-AD part of the game, oh, right? Because yes. that is is that this is very specific to those minutes, which is when we've been at our worst, I think, uh, especially defensively. And so I just think we have some things to figure out in that respect, in which if we're talking about Rui and LeBron and Vando, for example, just this hypothetical LeBron at the five type of group. Yeah. That's something LeBron has said that, hey, we're around the same size. We can switch a lot of action. So maybe if it's not everything and certainly not against every group, but also teams tend to be at their smallest at that point of the game. So I think if you're going to get away with that with an Austin on the floor or a D'Lo on the floor, that's probably the time to do it. But that's, yeah, that's the part of the game I'm trying to focus on. No, I think that that's an important distinction. And, and I didn't get that at first. So I'm with you there. And I do think I'd much rather them go to a switching style as their change up than the zone looks that they've been going mm-hmm. to, which mm-hmm. I think are too passive and don't um, accentuate the aggressiveness that you can have and mm-hmm. the physicality that you can have with LeBron and Rui and Vando at the point of attack against a smaller player, potentially. Um, 
And I think it invites offensive rebounding chances for for the other team and, and a bunch of other issues that I think the Lakers um, would be better off avoiding. So I wanted to ask you guys a quick question beyond the Suns game. Um, is there anything about Sunday? Are you looking forward to Sunday at all? Friday is so important in terms of <laughs> how it sets up Sunday that it's hard to look forward at all to Sunday. But it's just like... Are you at all? Utah's going to play. Yes, of course I'm concerned about Utah. I've been watching them all season. They're going to play hard. They're going to be well coached. They're going to have a game plan. Mike, of course, there's going to be some, you know, eye toward Cancun in that last game of, of the season when you're eliminated. But like it, to me, if we didn't learn that you got to go hard the whole time against Utah in the last game, it would be a, a just defeat if, if we didn't learn that lesson. Well, the first thing is the game's at 1230. And that's never ideal uh, just from a finding. It used to be more commonplace because the ABC game, the feature game of the week was always at 1230. And the Lakers got used to that because they were in it, playing it in all the time. And so, you know, it was like Kobe was there and had to make sure that Powell and Lamar and, you know, Bynum could really meet the moment. But they got used to it because those games happen seemingly every week. Nowadays, that they happen two or three times a year. And we saw the last time that it happened to the Lakers and they, you know, they weren't exactly very sharp. It was against the Bulls in the bronze mm -hmm. first game back. Right. And I think that Pete's absolutely right about Utah. They've, they're just a little confusing because I, so Utah, you knew they were going to play hard, but if, if that was the case and they didn't necessarily mind if they won the game, they, they're probably locked into their, into their slot. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think they can necessarily improve or decrease it. So why didn't they just play marketing it? You know, with this with this sort of mm. hand injury that he's been in for some games and then out other games. And I, I just think if you're if you're wanting your young guys to play and to, and to play hard, then why are you sitting certain guys? So that that's that's a, a side point. But I've never felt older than I have this year in terms of like, I don't get the NBA <laughs> on some levels and just like like. I don't know. This sort of thing, yeah. Mike, is uh, yeah. It makes me feel just the in, the in between stuff, though, is what I, if like I I can I don't love it, but I can understand if you're a young team and you're neck and neck with a couple of other teams and you've got guys that have given you you know a really good shift throughout the sure. season and mm -hmm. you're you're wanting to protect your certain interests. Like I don't love that, especially when eight to fifteen teams are doing it. But I get it. When you're when you're in a when you're a team that is more locked into a certain place, and you're still doing it, but you're doing it in sort of different ways. It, like how how many of those meetings are you having if you're the coach and the GM? Then all right, tonight, yeah, you know, Markinen, no, he's not going to play. But then THT, who we know wants to kill the Lakers, right, and is mm -hmm. going to play really hard. And then hey, let's bring Colin Sexton back, who was dealing with a hamstring injury and hadn't played in a couple of months because <laughs> he clearly wanted to play. And so what? They just sort of couldn't say no. But then what? They can convince marketing. I, 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 and this is yeah. me, of course, just speculating. I don't know the information and I'm not suggesting that they're doing anything that's manipulative. It's just hard to understand when you're when you're going into that game and trying to trying to know who's going to play or not. Alas, if they're like because of where they're at in the season and because a win would not impact their draft lottery positions. I would fully expect them to go as hard as possible uh, in that game. And what it would require, it's kind of the same argument that I made for the Lakers playing against Oklahoma City, who is not that good. But if you don't give them a professional effort, yep. then they will be. And, and I think that's, that's what it will require. 
on the upside of that is that like the I think it'll be clear for the Lakers that if they win, you know, they will they will at very worst at least not have to travel for the final for for the play-in game. Now this is assuming that Golden State beats Sacramento, who, as we said, are pre- probably going to set everybody tonight. And the only way that the Lakers would not be the seven would be if the Clippers dropped a game, and then there was the three-team tie with the Pelicans if they beat Minnesota. Alas, the Lakers can at least I think would would at least want to be in that position by winning the game, and therefore uh, you would have them focused, and especially since they just went to overtime with this team, right. Absolutely. FYI, just breaking news to end this here, and it has nothing to do with any of the teams that we've been talking about. The Mavs are in a must-win game tonight in order to try to keep their play-in hopes alive. And I just saw breaking news that Kyrie Irving, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, and Christian Wood will all sit out tonight. Wow. And so... And with various ailments or rest, right? right. And so Kyrie with his foot, Kristen Wood, I think foot or ankle, Kleba with the hamstring recovery stuff that he's been dealing with. But they're all sitting. So this feels like the Mavs throwing in the towel a little but bit Luke at is the playing. end. But Luke is playing. But Luke, because Luke, but Luke is playing. No, because Lucas said on the record that like I'm if there's something to play for, I'm playing. So you're so yes. the Mavs clearly they somehow had had to pull Luca in and be like, look, okay, cool, but we're setting everybody else. And you know why? Because Dallas is tied with the Bulls for the tenth lottery spot, and the Mavs yep. have a top ten protected pick that they owe from the Porzingis trade. Oh, yes. it's top ten protected. Oh, yes. the top fuckery. 10 protected. So they're doing that, which <laughs> again, from an organizational standpoint, I get yeah. it. But yeah. Luca's yeah. like, I don't play that. <laughs> I'm trying to win. So you got you can sit the rest of the team. I will be out there and I will take 42 shots if I have to. Must see TV, Mike. I know what I will be watching. Amazing. All right. Uh, go Lakers. Let's get a couple wins. We'll be back on Monday to discuss the end of the regular season and what's coming next. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's in. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Back with his eighth block shot. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance in Boston. Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Listen. Bryant. Unbelievable. For the victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers!
James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.